Hello, beautiful souls. This month's winner of the drawing for a free session with me is Adrian W. That's right. I still do this drawing. Each month, my assistant picks a winner from the names from all of the people who've written a five-star positive review on iTunes or my Google or Facebook business pages. Links in the show notes below. Copy and paste your review to all three places and you're entered to win three times. Don't forget, email me a screenshot so that we know how to reach you when you win. Friends, an additional 16 winners for free sessions with students of the Angel Reiki School were also picked. Those winners' names are in the podcast show notes and over on our Facebook group, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe. Don't forget, leave a review today and maybe I'll be announcing your name on an upcoming show. Friends, please be an angel and share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave a positive review. You can also help us reach more people when you screenshot this podcast, tag me at Angel Podcast, and share it on your Facebook and Instagram stories. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for all you do to support this podcast. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your angel medium, Julie Jancis, and today we're sharing your angel stories. Why do our angels and loved ones above show us signs? Yes, they want us to know they're okay and at peace, but deeper than that, they want us to connect with them so that they can help us more from the other side. Friends, it all begins with your intuition, vibration, and experiencing oneness. Your intuition is your soul's voice. It's also how your loved ones talk to you from heaven. In this podcast, we teach you how to turn up the volume on your intuition so that you can hear their loving messages more clearly. We also teach you how to raise your vibration and feel your oneness with all that is. Friends, you are here to love, give love, receive love, be love, radiate love. And because your soul is love, all you really ever have to do is just be. Hello, everyone. I am here with Jessica Koop. She's a member of our Facebook group, the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe. And she is here today because she has some angel stories to share with us. Jessica, I first just want to say so I'm so sorry for the losses that you've endured in your life because you've had several of them, bigger losses. Both people have really come through with very big validating signs. And I'm so excited for our audience to hear this because it's going to shine so much light for them. Oh, yes. Um, That's what I'm hoping to do because I've listened to everyone else's stories, which gave me the, the confirmation that my stories are real. And I have people in my life, especially family, that struggle with grief. So I'm hoping that this will help them as well. Absolutely, it will. Let's talk about your first story. I'm just going to let you take it away. Okay. So back in December of 2007, I received a phone call that my mom's belongings were found, but she was nowhere to be found. Being that she had a history of mental illness and she would disappear for months at a time, normally this call wouldn't have disturbed me so much. But for some reason, I wept for her as if she had passed away. It was a full-blown meltdown. Then eventually, my mom was located and everything was okay. She ended up getting clean and going into a sober living. And then the months following seemed to be pretty good. We even went to the movies together. Then March 30th came. It was a Sunday, and I received the phone call that she had passed away. It literally took my breath away. During the first week, I was home alone at night. There was one night in particular where I literally did not feel alone. It was very overwhelming. I was panicking. I couldn't even like calm down. And my cat at the time was calmly laying on my chest, almost to comfort me. None of my animals freaked out. uh, So I knew it couldn't have been anything bad. In the past, they would have acted very strange and scared if something didn't feel right to them. I called my brother and he helped calm me down. A couple of days later, I had a very vivid dream of my mom 
and it felt real. She was standing beside me as we were looking at a body bag that she was in. And I can remember her telling me that she was okay, almost like she was talking about herself in third person. Then when the funeral came, I felt so much unexplained peace. I also began noticing white butterflies after she passed and mostly when I would think of her. I can remember vividly when I was on my lunch break, I had about an hour and I was just so depressed, crying. I had parked at a park nearby and literally my car was swarmed with white butterflies. And to this day, every time I think of her, I will see a white butterfly, no matter what time of the year it is. Butterflies were our thing. There was a lot of uh, symbolic meaning behind it. When she passed away, the coroner had given me her belongings, including her cell phone. Back then, they were the like the flip phone, so really all you were able to do was like text or call. I still actually have them. Uh, my mother's birthday is November 4th. My uncle, who I never got a chance to meet, is November 6th. So during the same year that my mom passed on November 6th, after she, uh, during the same year, I had received a blank text message from my mom's cell phone. They, you know, back then with the cell phones, they weren't smart. So it's almost like if you didn't do anything with the phone service, you know, it's not like anybody else got the phone number right away. So things didn't move as fast with, with all of that. So I thought it was really strange. I was home alone in the dark, actually grieving for her. When this happened, I instantly felt it was her trying to reach me. I've since smoked perfume mixed with the cigarettes that she used to smoke. And my daughter, who was born five years after my mom's passing, talks about her all of the time. And she did not know her. I'd like She only knows her from the stories that we tell. She's constantly asking me questions about her. I can still remember when my daughter was only three months old. We attended a fireworks show on the 4th of July because my ex-husband helped work on the show. I had been going through, um, I guess it must have been postpartum depression uh, or just missing my mom and just having all the fears of a new mom. And so I was having a really hard time. So even getting out of the house was really tough for me because I loved my daughter and I even did in vitro to have her and everything, but I felt such a heaviness in my heart. So long story short, I could remember, let's see, we were sitting in the car and I was crying for missing my mom so much. And out of nowhere, our song played over the intercom where the music had been playing for everybody. So it was 4th of July. It's fun music. It's all the, you know, it's it's not any random song that would play. It, it was an oldies song called Angel Baby by Rosie and the Originals, which... I Like I said, for the 4th of July, I don't know why they would play that, but that song came on out of nowhere during the time when I was overwhelmed and crying. And instantly I felt the peace of my mom and I just, I had such a good cry and I ended up feeling better after that. And it wasn't a coincidence to me because my mom was also very empathic despite all her mental illnesses and her um, alcoholism and just rough upbringing. And because when she was younger, she lost my uncle that I never got to meet. And she used to tell us that she, you know, she was really, I think she was 17 when he passed or something and he was 19. And she used to always tell us that it took him three days to get to heaven. I guess she would walk around depressed, shoulders slumped over, just all sad and everything. And one day he came to visit her in her room and he said that he was fine and that it literally took him three days to get to heaven. And after that, she was like a whole nother person. And my Grammy also, her mom also said that she used to hear music playing out of my uncle's bedroom. Hmm. And uh, after my mom had that dream, she didn't hear the music anymore. Yeah. So my mom, and, and I was, you know, we were young when she would tell us this. So, and I've always experienced things my whole life just knowings more, more so. And so when she told us that, like, I always thought about it, you know, like, and, and when I would stay the night over there, um, I would always feel a presence and it never felt bad, but I felt something. So now, it, you know, now that I'm going through this, like it kind of explains what was going on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a couple questions first? What mental illness did your mom struggle with? So I was told that she was manic, depressive, bipolar. My mom was adopted. And so was my uncle that I never got to meet. And they were adopted from separate families. So 
she had a, a rough upbringing because she felt like she never belonged. Mm-hmm. And she always wanted to find out who her real mother was. So mm-hmm. I guess my biological grandmother was 16. She got pregnant by like a sailor who was like, I think probably in his early 20s. So back then in the 60s or whatever it was, they, you know, they basically put my biological grandmother in a hospital to have my mom and give her up. So my mom struggled with that, but I guess at an early age, probably around 12, she just started, she was always rebelling and she had some things happen to her. She was raped. My, my uncle, you know, was killed. And I guess her upbringing with my Grammy was kind of rough, you know, so they just, they diagnosed her. And so they kept putting her on different medications. But it's weird because she was such a loving, non-judgmental person. Like she loved animals, people. She just, she just was lost at times. Well, and there's different things that can happen to us where they tie us into these different mental constructs that take a long time to work through. And she was very, like you said, empathic. I see that. She was also just born as a more highly sensitive soul. And to go through all of that on top of who she was as as a soul was just too much. So... Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that she wants to talk about because I think that you worry sometimes about, you know, it getting transferred and she Mm -hmm. needs you to know that it doesn't, you know, it stops Uh, with her because you broke the chain. Okay. And so she needs you to know that this is not going to impact your daughter. This isn't going to impact anybody else in the family. Okay. Uh, Okay. This was, Uh, I needed to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Does that give you some lightness in your heart chakra? Yeah, you have no idea, Julie. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. It's, um, it's something that I worry about because of just myself and just like all of my doubts and fears behind just the whole spiritual awakening, just my anxiety that I've dealt with recently over the past like year and a half. Yeah. It's just made me feel crazy, you know, and I know that I'm not, but it's that fear of like, I don't want to put my daughter through that, you know? And Jessica, what, I'm sorry, what age are you? 35. Okay. Don't think I'm crazy here. Okay. (laughs) Just trust me on this. What mom is showing me is that they're two completely separate paths. They're totally unrelated. What you're feeling is, have you ever heard that you can go through, I think they call it perimentopause, 10 years before you actually start to go through menopause. And Mm -hmm. what happens is the hormones start to shift kind of, you know, the energy is a lot like when we're first starting to get our hormones in third or fourth grade before we, you know, get that Mm -hmm. first monthly friend. And you're learning just how to control it because the hormones are so different. That's what happens again, energetically, you can feel it as you're starting to go through perimenopause. There's no regulation to it. It's just, you know, one month can be really great, but the next month, totally you feel off. Yeah. Wow. Julie, you have no idea because I've actually been having a lot of issues with my hormones and my cycles over the past two years. Okay. And the whole reason I had to do in vitro to have my daughter is because my uh, I have diminishing ovarian reserve. Okay. So it makes sense what you're saying. Awesome. Now there's there's another point to this that she wants to come in about and I hear what you're saying, but have you and your husband talked about having a second child? Uh yes, actually because I'm no longer with my daughter's dad. So I'm in a new relationship and he doesn't have any children. And, you know, we've talked about it and my daughter would like to have a sibling and I would like to have one more. And we're actually currently, uh, I just started acupuncture to try to help because my only infertility issue is my egg. So if I don't have an egg, I can't conceive. I can carry, everything else is fine. 
So, but we just can't afford to do in vitro right now. So we're just trying naturally. Okay. I want you to look into, and I know nothing about this. Okay. I just mm-hmm. know the the letters that she's spelling out on the other side. I-U-I, would that be relative? Yeah, that's, I know exactly what that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just want you to look and see if that would be covered by your insurance because okay. I was praying on your energy about, you know, a half an hour before we started the call and she kept saying, you know, she kept so showing me that you guys might want to have a second child. <laughs> so she wants you to know that you need to clear any fear energy out of your mind okay. about not being able to. And you know what? In perimenopause, people still get pregnant all the time. <laughs> okay. Right. So uh-huh. it's just, I just don't want you to think of it not as menopause, but as a really high shifting of the hormones, a shifting of the hormones in a way that you can't look at it and determine how it's going to be on any one day. You know what I That's, mean? It's so true. <laughs> yes. So, and we're all in the same boat, girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of us going through it. So what I want you to do is look at IUI. I want you to know that that fear thought within your head that says, I'm not going to be able to get pregnant. It was too hard to get pregnant last time. It's not going to happen again. Or maybe sometimes it says it happens for other people, but it doesn't happen for me. Mm -hmm. I want you to create, because we hold energy within our auric field, I want you to create a recycling bin within your auric field. Okay. And I want you to just see this stationary recycling bin in your auric field. And you have, you know, an agreement with God that any energy you take out of your being and put into this recycling bin in your auric field, it doesn't go into the earth. It doesn't go anywhere else. God and the angels come and take that energy and transmute it into love and peace energy. Okay? Uh, Okay. So that's the agreement. Anytime you throw anything in there, God just transmute it to love. Okay. What I want you to do is just start noticing your thoughts and your feelings, okay? So Mm -hmm. that when you feel like, man, this is just never going to happen for me. You say, nope, that's a thought. I'm not going there. I'm going to imagine energetically scooping that thought up and out of my mind, throwing it in that recycling (laughs) bin. And instead, I want you to, if that second child is what you want, I want you to imagine yourself taking pictures at the Mm -hmm. hospital as you guys are leaving because everybody's healthy Mm -hmm. and see your daughter right there holding the baby, taking pictures. You have to daydream in the future as if it's already happened so that you attach and draw that energy to you. Okay. So um, that's what she just needs you to know. That's what she needs you to see. So, Jessica, what your mom's showing me, too, is that your daughter, uh, you know, she never met your daughter, correct? Because what she's showing me is that she did meet her and spend time with her in heaven on the other side before she came here uh, when your daughter was born. And what she also shows me is that your daughter never really forgot her, that she has always felt her with her, maybe like an imaginary friend. Is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, My daughter has always told me that her grandmothers brought her to me. So my mom Mm -hmm. and her dad's mom. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. She talks about her all the time. And I think the reason why I get so worried and upset about, you know, my mother's life and just everything is because my daughter talks to me about how she says, mom, you miss your mom, huh? And she asked me, how old were you when, when your mom passed? How old was your mom? And then she'll even ask questions like, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want you to go to heaven yet. And she'll say things like, how old will I be when you go to heaven? And she asks questions a lot. And it's not even like I'm bringing my mama. It's really weird and it's random. And it just like she just almost feels concerned for for my sadness for uh, not having my mom around. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're going anywhere. okay? so don't take it on as that. It does mean that she's kind of working through that herself. Sometimes it can also mean that she's just really trying to understand the concepts on life of life and death on a deeper level. So it's Mm -hmm. that, too. 
Friends, I am so excited to announce that we took all of the information from the two e-courses that we've run earlier this year, the Angel Communication e-course and the Manifestation e-course, and we put it into a beautiful package for you to take anytime. If you sign up on our website to take one of these courses, what you're going to get is a beautiful workbook where you have all of the information and different places to write down what you're experiencing as you go through the course. And my friends, in the Manifestation eCourse, there is over five and a half hours of content videos for you to learn from. In the Angel Communication course, there is over six and a half hours of video content for you to learn from. And we are getting such amazing feedback from people who are saying this is so life-changing to be able to hear, feel, see, talk to, and overall in general communicate with your angels. And in the other e-course, we are having so many people email in about the beautiful things that they are manifesting and co-creating in their lives. Friends, if you need help with these things, these e-courses are available for you to take anytime. If you want to support this podcast, please take one of those e-courses, book a one-on-one session with me where I'll bring through messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. Or you can also take the Angel Reiki School. We have the next school coming up May 2nd and 3rd where you'll become an Angel Reiki Master Teacher. If you want to learn all about what's included and how you're going to develop your unique spiritual gifts there, how you're going to use those unique spiritual gifts in your life. Stay on for the very last three minutes of this podcast where we're going to go over all of those details about the school with you. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's jump back into the show. So you had a visitation dream with your mom. Tell us about that and tell us what it looks like to you. Do you remember things from the other side? What was the environment surrounding you? Um, Were the colors the same as here or were they more vibrant? Talk to us about that dream. It it felt like it was here except for it felt brighter. Uh, it It was outside. It was it was almost like I don't know if like she was on uh, one of those uh, gurneys in the bag, in the corner bag, because I didn't, I knew she was in the bag, but I didn't see her in the bag. It was like, it was already zipped up and everything, but she was standing next to me, but I didn't see her, like physically see her. I just knew she was there. And I, so I didn't see her speak the words to me, but it was almost like she was being transported somewhere on the gurney in the bag. But in my dream, she was telling me that she's okay, that everything's okay, like that she was at peace. And now that I think about it, now that you're asking me these questions, I didn't physically see her telling me these things. I just knew it was her. Okay. Yeah. And that happens a lot where we maybe feel their presence instead of see their presence. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It still is a visitation dream. Jessica, you see butterflies all the time. When did you first start seeing butterflies? And tell us more about the experience of you seeing butterflies like swarm and surround your car. So I start. I did not start seeing the white butterflies until after she passed away, like that week um, when she passed away. Like I just, I don't even know. It was outside of my house um, and I would see it. And then I noticed every time, I was thinking about her, I would see one and they're white butterflies, not any other butterfly, just specifically like the little white dainty butterflies. And I thought, man, like this has to be a sign. Like I, it was just something I felt in my heart uh, because we had that connection with butterflies, but it wasn't necessarily of any certain color. But I noticed that that's what would come to me when I was grieving so much for her. And that day, when I was at lunch and I went to the park and uh, I was just trying to grieve, you know, away from people. And I just can't, I remember it like it was yesterday, like literally they just came at my windshield. Like, I don't, I felt like hundreds of them and they were just all a bunch of beautiful white butterflies as I'm just sitting there talking to her, crying my eyes out. It was so peaceful. And at the same time, you know, it just, brought me to so many tears. I don't really know 
how else to explain it because that's never like, I just don't think that that really happens. I know they're everywhere, but for them to all just be that one color and just, I don't know, it's almost like, like a huge sign for me, like a huge rush of love maybe, or just comfort. I don't know. But it was beautiful, and I re- I remember it like it was yesterday. It was like nine years ago. I love it so much because I've he- I've heard of people seeing bigger signs, but this is a huge sign, and I've never heard of somebody having hundreds just like come in. What she wants you to do is every time because you still see the white butterflies, but when you see them, ask yourself what was I just thinking about, and know that she is trying to connect with you on that to let you know that she is helping. She's there with you on that and just validating that you're on track. Okay, definitely. Wow, that's like amazing. I wanted to ask if I'm if I'm able to also share anything about my brother or is it? Yes, let's share that story. You've got wonderful angel stories that you have shared with your brother who's also on the other side. Take it away. Okay. So for one, I just kind of want to make it clear that he, he has a different mom. We have the same dad. So, but also like he, he knew my mom and my mom knew him. So I oftentimes wonder like if they're on the other side together or not. I don't know, but I kind of just wanted to put it out there that my mom that passed away wasn't his mom. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's see. With my brother, Jack, I've actually, and I still have, I feel like he's so strong. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like my mom kind of stepped back sometimes from uh, showing me things because I think she understands how much I'm grieving for my brother, even though it's been almost four years. I feel like she lets him come through because he comes through so strong. So the ones that really stick out to me, I'll just read. Okay, so the day after he passed my daughter who was two at the time was trying to sleep and kept trying to push someone away who was messing with her this is something he would always love to do with her he loved her so much and played with her a lot so that was kind of the first sign uh, following after he passed in the months to follow my daughter would start talking to someone in the back seat after I picked her up from daycare And at the time, her language or like she wasn't really doing like clear, full on sentences because she was only two and a half when he passed. She would, you know, talk to somebody in the back of the car and I would ask, you know, who are you talking to? And she would say Jack. And one time we pulled up to the house. We were getting out of the car, just a normal day. And I heard her say, come on, Jack, let's go. And then one day when I picked her up from her new daycare, her teacher asked me who Jack was. And I asked why. She said that my daughter has a pretend friend because she saw her playing and talking to herself. And she asked her who she was talking to. And my daughter said, Jack, I literally couldn't hold back tears. Her teacher had zero clue about my brother's passing. So that was like a huge sign for me. So he passed away in August of 2015. December 5th of the same year, I had a very vivid dream of him. It felt so real. I cried so much in my dream that I woke up full-blown crying. In my dream, we were having a funeral service for him. And I was looking at him like almost like in the casket, even though in in reality, we had him cremated. We didn't do a viewing or anything. We did more of like a celebration of his life. But in my dream, it wasn't like that. I was still the one coordinating a lot of it and uh he I was literally looking at him in the casket like bawling my eyes out and he literally appeared and I this time I could physically see him I I could see him now in my mind and I but I couldn't see his lips moving but I heard him tell me like it's okay which is something he would do and he gave me the biggest bear hug like he used to give when he was here and it felt so real it brings me to tears now. And I just told him, you know, I was expressing to him how I missed him and how it wasn't okay. And he was telling me it was okay, but he was also saying almost like he was sorry for not being here anymore, but that he was okay. And it literally felt so real. I, I was in, like I said, I was in full blown tears, crying in my dream. When I woke up, I instantly messaged my dad and my other brother. So that was like a huge, huge one. And then the other weird thing is about the same month, 
it was actually um, Christmas Eve. So long story short, my brother had an iPod where he listened to his music and um, I believe he did other things on there, but that was like his thing that he had with him all the time. He always had earphones, always had his music. Well, when he passed away, uh, they couldn't find it. And we're like, we're just tripping out because we they found everything else, you know, his cell phone, his hat, just whatever, but they could not find it. So we were really bummed about that because the thing about him was he was very connected to music. And, you know, we even had our own connections with music. And uh, it was just something that brought my family comfort after he passed. Like we, you know, we just found so much comfort in his music. He even did his own music. Like he, uh, him and my other brother recorded music together. So I, he had shut down a lot of his social media before he passed, but he had his Twitter account. So I went on mine and I had um, posted something about missing him. So I ended up, it would freak me out. I ended up getting a message through Twitter from his Twitter on Christmas Eve that year. And like instantly my heart jumped. I was like, how could he be messaging me? He's not here. Well, it was a guy that worked at the junkyard who found his iPod. He basically was going to keep it. And I guess when he was going through like his social media on there, uh, he saw my post and he said he knew something had happened. And that's when he reached out to me. So I ended up getting his phone number. My dad ended up getting the iPod. And for me, like that was like a, a Christmas miracle at the time. Like I, you know, it was just so crazy that five months later that that happened. And so absolutely. And out of a yeah. junkyard, you know, like finding yeah. it out of all of that stuff. And yeah, that's absolutely wild. I don't use the word crazy anymore. In fact, I think it's a new PC word that we need to override that's not good to use anymore. But that, that is just wild because, you know, and he wants to go through a couple of things to your brother. He's right there next to your mom. I see what you're saying about your mom stepping back a little bit to let you make that connection with him. But it's just slightly, right? I mean, it's not like she's standing behind him. It's just a couple inches. And really what you're feeling is more the energy of your connection with him that you have lived maybe more lifetimes because the bond of energy and light between your two souls is much thicker than your energy with your mom. And we have this with so many other people. If you've lived more lifetimes with people, your light energy between your two souls is going to look much thicker. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So I love that your daughter never stopped seeing him, that, that she was always feeling his connection to her, feeling him around, hearing from him, seeing him. How old is your daughter now? She's six soon to be seven in April. Wow. And if you ask her, does she still remember those times of seeing him or hearing him? She is kind of a, a free spirit. So when I ask her questions, she kind of was like, mom, why are you asking me these things? You know, or like, I don't know, mom, like she just kind of carefully, yeah. like she does, she doesn't think about it deeply like I do. Yeah. And that's okay. She'll come back into it later on. We just have to let them be kids right now and go through the process of becoming themselves. And then, you know, when they're ready, they will come back to it. But he wants you to know just how proud he is of you from the bottom of his heart and just all that you've been able to do. Was your parting with your ex after his passing? Yes. Okay, because he says he helped you through that. And oh, wow. he also needs you to know that that wasn't easy for you, but that you made the right decision because he helped you make the right decision. But that is like, that resonates with me a lot because I, I beat myself up a lot because I never, you know, obviously I didn't want to have a divorced home. And my main concern is always my daughter. And I always worried about that for her. But Somehow, Julie, like, I've been able to stay calm through all of the ups and downs of it all because, you know, her dad has had a lot of ups and downs with it. And I've managed to, I don't even, like, like it's got to be what you're saying with him because yeah. he, yeah, okay, that resonates a lot. <laughs> well, let's talk about one other thing. He wants to talk about how he passed. Okay. How did he pass? 
So we don't have a lot of answers. Um, the only thing we know for sure is that it was his night off of work and he was hanging around with some girl that I, he might have been not serious with, but hanging out with. And they were partying. They went to a bar. And then I was told, I don't know if any of this is true, but this is what I was told by the girl that was involved that night. Um, they went to a bar, they drank, and then supposedly they also did some coke at somebody's house. I don't think it was a close friend of his. It was just a mutual person. And then from what I'm told, he took off in his truck by himself. And up here where we live, um, it's like the desert. So there's a lot of like open dirt roads. And I don't know how he ended up on the road he ended up on. It was a road that started off as um, asphalt and turned into a really bumpy dirt road. And basically he hit, from what we understand, he hit the side, like it's like soft dirt, but kind of hard. And like he hit that and the truck flipped and landed on him. That's pretty much what we know from the report. But we don't know. We have no closure as far as any details behind it. Like what we know after the toxicology report that yes, he had way over the limit of alcohol in his system. And then obviously the, the coke, which I'm being told that that can make you feel invincible. So I don't know. That's all we know. We don't know if any other car was racing with him. I don't, don't know. see any of that. I don't okay. see any of that. We don't see him around anybody else. To when he passed or when this happened, I just see he was coming in apologizing and saying that he needed you to know how sorry he was. He just makes me feel like you guys were such close soul friends. And yeah. he says, you know, I just need you to know that I would never have left you on purpose. And I would never have even put myself in harm's way. She said, I really didn't ever believe that anything like that was going to happen. Your mom was right there when he crossed over, but he makes me feel like he was very stunned and shocked at the time. Uh, what you were saying earlier about your uncle when your mom was younger and saying that they're here for three days and then they go home to heaven. It's not always three days. They stay here through their funeral services, through their goodbye ceremonies, right? And they mm -hmm. stay here to comfort us. And what he shows me is that in the days um, following his passing that you felt an overwhelming sense of his presence. And he mm -hmm. said, I know that a lot of this is hard for you to believe is true, but he said, everything that you have experienced is us coming through to you from the other side. Okay. Now, did he not have kids? No, he didn't. But the you girl that said he... he would be a great father. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because he needs you to know that his kids are on the other side with him, that he didn't come with them in this lifetime, because he says your your mind goes to this place where you think, well, you know, if he was here, he would have had this, or he would have had this, or he'd be in this place in his life. And he says, Julie, you have to tell her I am. I am. Oh, he wow. has his soulmate on the other side. He's got his kids. And he said, I need her to know that I'm not alone. I'm not lonely. I have so much love surrounding me. And uh, he says, I know that you worry a lot. You in your head and you worry a lot. And he said, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. You have to give 100%. You have to do 100%. But that's all you can give. You know, you can't give 200%. He said, I'm always going to be working for you from the other side, not just for you, but for your daughter as well, his niece, who he loves with all of his heart. And he says, I just need you to know that you're not alone and you never will be. Okay. Okay. But, oh man, that speaks to my heart so, so much. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he sends people into your life too. He and your mom have done this. So, you know, we have the family that we're born into, Jessica, but we also have the family that we choose. And there are going to be people that come into your life. I feel like there's a couple there already that yes. uh, they're just lifelong family to you and it's okay to feel that way about them 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That I'm going through a huge like transformation in my life right now with everything. And that makes so much sense. Like, and yeah, it just, and I've been just seeing Jack's name everywhere. I'm talking like even on the Colby Jack cheese, like (laughs) all these things that are like, like I see his name everywhere and I'm like, okay, is this a coincidence? And he still comes through like, through my daughter, even though I don't think sometimes she realizes it, but uh, a lot through music as well. We had a song together uh, by Bill Withers called Lean On Me. Lo and behold, when my daughter was in kindergarten last year, she came home and it's a song she learned in school. And so she put it on the Alexa and she sang it to me and I literally just cried and I told her, this is me and your Uncle Jack's song. And she said, well, now it's all three of our songs. And she plays it so often. I don't know if she just can feel when I'm, because I don't try to show her my emotions, you know, but I guess I kind of don't have to. She kind of just picks up on it and she'll, she'll, we'll come home from work and, or, you know, from the day and she'll just put that song on the Alexa and hug me and hold me. And all I could do is think of Jack. Oh, I love that. I love that. We all have these special ways that we still continue to bond with them from the other side. And what I love so much about all of your stories, Jessica, too, is that, you know, a lot of people who come to see me, they say, well, I got my signs, you know, as if spirit is just going to come through one time here or there and show them their signs that, hey, they're okay on the other side. But it's not like that. They're never leaving your auric field. They're never leaving your presence here. They're never leaving you to be by yourself here. They are always going to be around you. So don't just look for their signs at their passing or that first year after their passing. You have to remember that they're here always. So those signs continue on now and always. Because I, like I've told you, like I've always believed and I, I've had knowings and different things like that before, like just growing up. But I think now and maybe because of the whole hormonal changes and stuff, it's just intensified. But I overthink about everything and um, it's just hard to wrap my mind around things. But it's like I trust it, but I have a hard time accepting it because you know, I, like he said, I worry, I worry about everything. I worry about leaving my daughter. I worry about, you know, why are we here? Where do we go? But then yet I'm experiencing these real experiences that I know are real that, you know, so I think for me, like, yeah, I just, I just have a hard time um, accepting it now. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's a hard time accepting it as much as it is sometimes an eagerness to have it develop faster than it should. Okay. Okay. So some people are willing to accept it, but then they want to understand everything. And it's like, they just want all the answers right here, right now. And it doesn't work like that because if it did, it would just kind of, you know, mind blown. It's it's a bad mind blown then because you're like psyche overload and you can kind of crash that way and have a distorted view of reality. So you don't want it to happen faster than it should. You just want to allow yourself to come into spiritual awakening and go at your own pace, you know, learn and grow and read and You know, I love YouTube so much because there's so many teachings on there from brilliant people and it's all free. So you can go on there, but just take it at your own pace. You don't have to do everything all at once. Okay, that makes sense. And I needed to hear that because I I find that it really increases my anxiety when I overthink it and try to wrap my head around things too much. Like you said, like trying to get it all at once. Yeah, sometimes we place these shoulds on ourselves, like I should be here, I should know this. And that's been one of the most freeing things about doing this podcast this year is to be able to come to all of you and say, listen, I do not have it all figured out yet, but here are the points that I do have figured out. Here are the subjects that I do have figured out, and here's the ones I don't. (laughs) So we're learning and we're growing together, which is great. Yes, I'm so thankful I found you. I literally was, 
I think uh, when I was, because podcasts are all new to me. And so I searched like something like peaceful podcast and yours came up. And then that's when I started listening and I've been listening. I started binge listening and then joined the group and I even got others to join as well because we just have such a hard time, you know, with grieving and everybody does. And your podcast seriously just helped so much. Help me, like I said, help the people that I've introduced it to because there are some people that probably think it is wild. <laughs> so I don't tell everybody, but then I have my little circle that understands and you you're helping me heal in ways you'll never even like I just can't even put into words Julie seriously thank you so much Jessica that means the world to me and I'm just so glad that we have this community I never dreamed it would get this big but um, we're on track to have over a half a million listens next year. Well, in this oh year, gosh. it's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, that is amazing. You know, so I'm just grateful to everybody out there that, that you're receiving benefit. It's wonderful. Yes, definitely. It, it just I'm just amazed. I didn't expect today to go how it did, and it's such a, a good, comforting feeling, and I just hope that the stories, you know, because there's a lot more that I experienced, but obviously that could take all day. And I tried to share the ones that really stick out in my mind, like an actual memory, like something, you know, that actually happened in real life, because that's how it, how it felt at the time and still feels. So I just hope that, you know, for the people that have their doubts or anything like that, like, I just hope it helps bring some sort of comfort to them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yes, thank you. And thank you for, uh, like I said, just everything and just for what you continue to do. I mean, I listen to you as soon as it hits. I'm listening. So <laughs> thank you. Thank I you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I appreciate you. Have a blessed, blessed day. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Julie. You too. Bye. Bye. Beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? Go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening. We created a private Facebook group called the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone. So be sure to join this group on Facebook to get the support you need. Want a free session? We plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the Angel School per year. To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. That way, we know who to contact when you win. Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast. Friends, if you feel the calling to be a healer or to learn more about energy so that you as an empathic person, as a highly sensitive person, can learn how to clear out your own energy, 
If you really feel called to take action and become a healer to fulfill your soul's purpose in this lifetime, then the Angel Reiki School is so for you. Imagine what your life would be like when you know how to use your unique spiritual gifts, whether that's connecting with angels, mediumship, intuition, seeing color, or really having the power to heal with your hands to help others make huge changes in their lives. We have an upcoming Angel Reiki School on Saturday, May 2nd and Sunday, May 3rd. This is held at the Hilton Doubletree in Lyle, Illinois. We get together all day Saturday from about 8.30 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. And we are working all day long on helping you develop your spiritual gifts, helping you understand energy more. And then we come together on Sunday from about 9 a.m. till about 12.30 p.m. And we're honing in your gifts. My friends, I keep the class sizes small on purpose for a reason because it allows me to really help each individual connect with their unique spiritual gifts and really hone in on what that is and how to use it with other people. Because my friends, each one of us does have a unique gift. And the Angel Reiki method that I created is really about bridging different forms of healing. It's not 100% Reiki. It is really a unique system of healing. It's about learning energy so that you can help people clear energy out of their aura, their chakras, their body. But then it's also about understanding what your spiritual gift is. And that could be so many different things. But once you understand your unique spiritual gift, you can use it to help that person go even deeper into their healing. So that's what the angel school is. It's really a bridge of both energy healing and you developing your unique gifts so that you know how to use it to not just help yourself, but to help others as well. Friends, I was called to create the angel Reiki method during a vision where I saw spirit showing me how the planet will come to a place of peace. Spirit says that the 7.5 billion people on earth will not come to a place of peace using the same healing path, but instead by healers rising up and creating new paths of healing based on their unique spiritual gifts. Friends, if I hadn't listened to the little voice calling me to become a healer, I would still be working in corporate America miserable. And what spirit wants you to know is that you have to listen to your heart. Because when you are called to be a healer, that calling doesn't go away. You might try and push it off for 5 years, 10 years, 20 years. But my friends, it is still going to be there. I have had women come into my office who have said, you know what, Julie, I'm a widow now and I am in my 80s, but this is what I have always felt called to do and this is what I'm doing and I'm starting it now. So there's no age limit, but the sooner that we do this, we feel fulfilled in our souls. We feel so alive and that's what I want for you. I want you to have that fulfillment. I want you to get that by touching the lives, the souls that you're here to help in this lifetime. So if the Angel Reiki School is something that you feel called to, definitely uh, go over to my website or reach out to the office. We will get you all registered and ready to go for the May 2nd and 3rd Angel Reiki School. Thank you so much, friends. Sending you peace, bliss, and many, many blessings.